0: Coming to you live from downtown
1: Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a petty. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday Benzinga pre-market prep. Spencer, Israel, Joel, Khan, and Dennis. Like, before you do anything this morning, hit that like button. Thank you very much. A like is 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 a omen for a good day in the market, I think anyway. Uh, a lot of earnings on our radar today. 288 companies reported earnings after the close. Another 201 reporting this morning. And 295 report after today's close. So, earnings uh, are really the theme of today, the theme of the week, the theme of the last two weeks, really. Uh, we'll cover as many lows as we can. We'll talk about the difference between value stocks and growth stocks, and because uh, we got a question about that. And I want to hit on Amazon, because Mr. Bezos went to the bank and cashed in a little bit. We'll talk about that. We'll take questions from our chat, as many of them as we have time for our guest. No guest for the first hour. Uh, but Peter Tuckman will join us at nine. He is from Wall Street Global Trading Academy. He would join us from the floor or technically from the balcony of the New York Stock Exchange. So hit that like button. Joel, how are we doing this morning?
2: uh we're trading up uh five handles here at uh forty one sixty five thirteen twenty three point range overnight uh took out the low rallied just hanging in here i'm looking for a quiet day here on wall street uh maybe jobless claims number at eight thirty will shake us up a little bit but uh right now up four and a quarter uh crude that's down forty one cents at sixty five twenty two my gold knocking on the door of eighteen hundred once again, up nine dollars and sixty cents at seventeen ninety three ninety. Silver challenging twenty seven once again, up thirty six point eight cents at twenty six eighty nine. And just call Bitcoin trading range here uh, up eight hundred and fifteen dollars. You got great support at this thing at uh, fifty three thousand. Show us your charts, Joel. I didn't show us chart. You yeah, you guys just don't want to see me. Oh, I did all that stuff and too many windows open here. Uh, so Bitcoin, there it goes. I wasn't looking and share screen. I'm just a little too fired up today. And the reason wow. I'm so fired up is huge workout this morning. Huge. T- ten I did two thousand meters, Dennis, ten two hundreds on the four minutes. I did two thousand meters in forty minutes, Joel's I am fu- fired up. Too.
1: Joel's feeling yoked
3: today. He's-
2: I, I'm going to talk more than you today, Dennis.
3: <laughs> he he's looking huge today
2: too. <laughs> All right. Uh, questions. The questions are slowly. <laughs> so I the questions <laughs> are slowly rolling in here, and uh, we got one from a new investor, Pat. Um, uh, and here's some terms. It's more terms. We've been talking a lot about value. Versus gross stocks, and it's a multifaceted question. We'll let everyone weigh in on it. What makes a stock be in a particular category? What is the easiest way to determine what stock fits in that category? Keep up the good work. You guys are great, especially you. No, especially you wasn't in there. <laughs> yeah, it's that part.
3: Especially you, Joel. You're great. I love you. Okay, uh, you start with the question, Joel.
2: I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Um, value stocks are stocks with low P.E. that make money, that even pay a dividend, right? And they're just cranking out. They got a good cash, low debt. And your gross stocks are stocks that you know are trading at high P.E.s that you're hoping they grow into the P.E., and you know, they're hot. They're they're your story stocks, like your Peloton and your yeah. Tesla and things like that. So I have been, for better or for worse, a value guy for a long time. Me too. And I get in a stock like Peloton, I finally get a growth stock that's the winner, and my wife won't let me sell it. She doesn't want to sell. So that's, you know, I mean, still probably sitting on a double here at 80, but holy smokes. But uh, yeah, from 170, it doesn't feel like a double anymore at 80. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But Dennis, let's uh, give your give your take on that. Then we can go to Spencer and Mitch if he has any.
3: I mean, it's all about value versus growth. So as a trader, I trade everything. I trade Tesla every single day. I trade Peloton probably three days a week. So long, short, long, short, long, short trading, you know, momentum, reading the tape, maybe sector trading. If growth is flying out of favor, I do a lot of sympathy. If all of a sudden you have a major growth stock that is getting hit, and then I'll maybe hit some other growth stocks along with that because they're going to drag it down with it. Those are all relationship-based trades. Majority of my trading is relationship-based. As an investor, putting the investor hat on, I like to look, I will do swing trades. On storied stocks that have ridiculous valuations, you know, like space. You couldn't even do a valuation. I was long that for a long time last year. But those are storied stocks. When the story cools off, you got to get the hell out because there's like what I always say is you got value investors that are willing to pay here. They're looking at fundamentals and numbers and saying, I'm going to go here. Story can carry stocks like here, 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 here. Value investors are still here. They'll slowly come up if the growth is there, but they're coming up. There's that gap. So what you have is when, you know, if you have these story stocks from 2020, they're going to go on nothing because they're going on the momentum traders and the growth traders. When the growth slows or when, you know, the story starts to cool off, that's when these guys all say, okay, well, my momentum's broken. I'm getting out now. I want out now. The value investors are down here. The growth investors all of a sudden want out. This is the gap I talk about. And what happens is that gap fills very, very, it can fill very, very quickly or it can fill slowly. Right now, we've had a slow leak in a lot of the story stocks, like a Peloton is a great example. Story stock for 2020, it's the stay at home play. Everybody's working out from home. Nobody can go. We got lockdowns going on. So the so you've got value maybe down here. Value investors sitting 10, 15, 20 bucks. The growth ones don't care, though. They're buying, 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 buying all the way up to $170 because that's the story. Well, the value investors have come up a little bit because the, the, obviously the company is doing really well. So they may be at $25, 30 $40 now. But you know, you still get these growth investors that are all want the hell out. So that's why you see the stock just continue to leak. Because I look at the PE and I look at the market cap, a Peloton, and I still see a $28 billion Dollar market company. cap. Yep. And I think, I'm buying a treadmill company. And we're here we are, and we're going back and we're reopening. And you know, planet fitness, you know, and stocks like that are now, you know, back and are gonna be coming back. So competition obviously coming for them too. I see a 28 billion dollar treadmill company, and I think, why? So I'm like, no, I'm like, I can't do it yet. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it does make sense at 10 or 15 billion, 10 billion, maybe. You know, it gets more interesting from a value proposition. So one of two things has to happen. The stock's going to continue to leak or the story's going to get hot again. You know, maybe the story turns around and the value and the momentum traders start to carry it again. But the value guys are sitting here, you know, like Karen Feinerman on CNBC thinking, no, I'm not interested in buying Peloton at these valuations whatsoever, even though it looks cheap because it was $170 down to 81. Cheap the value investors price. aren't coming in. So the only way you turn that around is if you get the momentum going and turning it around again from the growth investors. And that's tough to do because the stock is straight down, and obviously now you got a bad headline with the recall. But you know the the, the rating's been on the wall for all these stocks for a long time. You know I was given multiple warnings last week to ring the register on most of the value or most of the growth names because I feel like we're in for the growth names like July of two thousand where the bubble burst. Back in March, we're two months later, you know, back, the bubble burst for all these things to January, February. We're a couple months, two, three months later. We're now in the summer of 2000 where they had that hope rally where everybody thought we were going to come back. We showed that, you know, chart Then that I tweeted it out. And, you know, now we're into the continued drift, the continued leak in a lot of these names. And I still think rallies to be sold in all of these names because, one, the valuation doesn't make any sense. And two, I don't know when the story gets hot again or if it gets hot again. So it's difficult to just come in here and buy the dip on Peloton, saying it's cheap. You know, it, it's they're going to have bounces. I mean, stocks and day traders are trading everything. It could go down to eighty, bounce to ninety, but I still think rallies to be sold in most of these names because evaluation doesn't make any sense.
2: Okay, uh, boy oh boy, we're getting uh, another another question here. Uh, we'll uh, we'll go to the second question here in the chat in a second. Uh, the stock value stocks. I mean, you know, let's just—I mean, we've talked about the Pelotons, we've talked about the Teslas, we've talked about—I mean, the the um, epitome of of growth stocks with high valuations are all these uh, EV companies. I mean, uh, I mean that is that's it. I mean, you want to look the definition, okay? So we know stocks like that. Let's talk value. Now we know what the uh, a lot of the value stocks have already been. Uh, Purchased and bid up and everything, but I don't know. I look at something like an AT and T man; that's yielding six and a half, seven. Value stock, Verizon, (laughs) Pfizer. I mean, value stocks. You're not going to get rich. You are not going to get rich. But I'm just. But they're not
3: dropping sixty percent next week. No, you're not going to go broke in those things too. I mean, I don't have some of these. I have some of those names. Pfizer, I have. You know, and I try to pick the ones, like, I'm a big fan of what we call GARP, you know, and we went through this before, growth at a reasonable price. I like my stocks to have some growth. AT&T doesn't have growth at all. You're just sitting there literally, and you're good, literally man. sitting H-P-O. there for the 6.5% dividend, which H-P-O. feels pretty good right now.
2: HBO. HBO is good.
3: Yeah, there's no so, growth. They're all the other businesses overall, though, so they get a little bit of growth from the HBO, maybe some of their streaming businesses. But, you know, when you look at it, there's so many other dying businesses in there that they counter it. So there's no growth in AT&T. But you know what? 6.5% looks pretty good right now. I have Enbridge, which is, you know, a Canadian utility company. This is the utilities. A lot of these are value names. I bought Enbridge down when it was around 31 bucks because it was yielding 9%. What and is I'm that? like, this yeah. is one of the biggest utility companies in canada i give utilities them money. are value yeah utilities i give them money every single month and you know i'm not going to get rich on it but um you know i'm getting eight nine percent i think the dividend is safe so now it's come up it actually has been almost one of my best trades for the quarter i bought this probably in about october i actually bought this near the lowest when I had that dip you can see from the summer it went down to 33 to like 27 28 bucks I bought it somewhere in there. I bought it in Canadian dollars. I think I paid around 40 Canadian That's no, 40 Can you give US. Me a symbol? symbol? ENB. Okay. Edward Nancy Bravo. So, you know, these are value names. But the problem now, what I was saying yesterday and what you were saying yesterday is everything is overvalued, even though value names have had pretty incredible runs. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go into value names. I'm going to go into Enbridge. Well, I'm up in my Enbridge. 30% in four months silly. in a value stock. That's crazy. It's a crazy move. It's a; These are stocks that typically don't move this much. So it's like, yeah, it's nice that I have some value. It's nice that this is helping my portfolio. But am I coming and putting new money in it now after it just run 30% after a company with very little growth? You know, people are just been flying into this this year because they're flying out of other names. They don't know where to go. They're like, well, 7% dividend looks pretty good to me. You know, And obviously, it's now only a 6.81% dividend. still looks pretty good. But you got to wait for a pullback now, in my opinion, to come into Enbridge now. It's run. And this is the the story with all the value names, is the value names have actually, a lot of them have kind of become overvalued relative to where they were. So it's a difficult market to just say, oh, I want to put money here. I want to put money there. So I'm not putting new money into this market. I've been just sitting back and waiting for a correction to put new money. If anything, some of the growth names that could eventually get into a growth at a reasonable price. So we have growth at a ridiculous price on most right. of these names, right? Some of these companies eventually could get to okay, there's still good growth here and the price is now reasonable. I don't feel like the Peloton price is reasonable yet. Would I be a buyer of Peloton at 30 or 40 bucks? Maybe It depends on where the story is. But at 80, it's still too much for me. But there's probably some names eventually. And this is where you start doing your homework and say, okay, this got reasonable. This is a reasonable valuation now. And I can pay that price. That's investing. Trading, you don't have to do any of that homework. You just get in and out. But as a trader, you have to be disciplined to get out when you're wrong. I'll give you one more example and then we'll move on. But space. So I was in the space stock all last year. Great story. Wrote it from 30 to 60. Sold three quarters of my position at 52 on the way down because I was like, I think it's breaking down. It was starting to break. I kept a small piece, I sold that piece out and then I reloaded the whole thing. So here's where the risk management comes in. I reloaded my whole position at 30 because I thought it was stabilizing at the end of March. I was like, oh, it's stabilizing, the story might get hot again. Then what happened? It started breaking down. I'm like, nope, it's breaking down. So I sold it all at 28. That's the discipline because I know I'm in a storied stock. I can't sit back and say I have dividend protection. I have value. There's no value. There's none of that there. All I have is momentum. When the momentum starts breaking, I got to get the hell out. So you have to take losers. As a trader, if you're not taking losers, eventually your portfolio will be full of losers. And you will look at your portfolio and say, how did I let this happen? How did I lose my month? How did I lose everything I made last year? You will do that if you don't. Take losers as a disciplined trader. As an investor, you're investing in dividend companies. It's a bit of a different game. You're you're not usually not going to get crushed to the tune of 50, 60, 70%. But in a stock like space, absolutely you got to cut those. FUBO, you got to cut those. I reloaded my whole FUBO at 40. I sold it at 39. Because I was like, it got that little fake out above it and then it came right back below it. It's I was tough like, nope. once
2: they turn. Once they turn. You got to get out. It's a, well, it's a whole different story because you just, and we use the term bag holders a lot and people probably don't like to hear it. But like the lower it goes, the more bag holders there are. And the evil shorts out there too. Like the evil shorts, look at the Peloton <laughs> yesterday. The they just, I mean, they, this thing was like sitting on a platter for them. On the low of the move, right? And then that, that news comes out. I mean, it was just it was just a fest. It was just a soul fest. Um, all right, let's get to this one other question, that we'll cover some stocks. Uh of course Dennis is probably gonna talk a little bit more on this one. What is tape reading? And I'll just from my perspective, uh back back in the old day when they traded in eighths and teenies, tape reading was like my game. You know, uh, wow. I would have my levels, I would have the S&Ps and I would read the tape and the tape would either give you an idea, you know, support your idea or give you a whole new idea and you could trade and participate with it. When it went to pennies and stuff, it, it became a whole different ball game. So uh, the mop up preps are different. Dennis, you look at the tapes a lot more. So I'll let you expound on that question.
3: I mean, I don't do as much tape reading as I used to, um, because what you're saying, it doesn't mean as much as it used to. A lot of it that you're reading is just high frequency chop, you know, where your market makers are in and out, in and out, in and out. It's hard to read the tape like we used to. Um, That's why, you know, the majority of my trading has now moved just basically to statistical arbitrage, where I'm looking at pricing of relative securities. It's a quantitative approach to the market. I'm basically a quant. It's basically what I am now. I'm relationship based. I'm a quant. Most of the traders at Bright Trading are quants. We've got numbers that a lot of these guys are very systematic. They've got, you know, like numbers, you know. Like we talk about with Rob over at Stock Odds, you know, he's got millions of data points that they're using, you know, that you can use at Stock Odds every single day. And they're taking them and they're looking at, you know, probabilities. And they're like, well, there's a seventy-five percent probability that this occurs on this day or this. You know, they're looking at different probabilities, and that's you know very important to consider probabilities and stuff um, in in types of trading. I'm I'm a little simpler. I just like look at the relationships, and you know, if they're, they're hitting this stock. They're likely going to hit this stock. I'm a big fan of sympathy, doing different things. But if you just go back to classic tape reading, you know, you're looking at the bids, you're looking at the offers. We do a little bit with the open book. We're saying, okay, well, where's yeah, the that, size? That's, tape reading. You know, that's in the tape reading where you know, I, I subscribe to all the books. You know, if you're if you're sitting at home and you don't want to spend any money on your trading career, if you want to be a full-time trader, you gotta spend money. You know, like I said, I spend thousands of dollars a month in data. I don't even think about it because if you're running a business and starting it up, it's absurd to think I'm going to spend zero dollars, but I'm going to have a huge amount of sales. It's absurd to think that. In 2020, it worked because everything was going up. And if you were buying any stock, you were making money. It was shit luck. I'm sorry. But, you know, I like I said, in my long term portfolio at one point in time, I looked at it and I was up on 97 of 100 stocks. That's just...
2: Little bad news coming here or something. It's not eight, it's not 8 30 yet, is it? No, no. We just uh, just had a little leg lower here. Uh, I just want to add one comment, and then people are getting anxious. They want us to cover some stocks. Uh, you know, tape reading. So let's go back to the bright days when you know you had good capital and you could trade, you know, three, four, five stocks, you know, two to five thousand shares apiece, right? So yeah. if, if there was a turn in the market. If I was all, I mean, it wasn't all long or all short, the same stuff. But when there was a turn, you could you could get out of that kind of stock. You could, you could lose a 16th. You could lose an 8th. Even on a trade that you were wrong, you could scratch it because of liquidity now. Now, if you have, I mean, Goldman Sachs is now a $300 stock. But if you're trading 2,000 Goldman Sachs and it's going up, 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 and you're not selling on the way up, 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 up When it turns, it turns and you're not, you know, you have to put marketable limits out there to do it. So different market environments, different things to keep a note on. But um, I hope we covered that for you, folks, for the people that uh, just want to talk stocks, stocks, stocks. Here's the problem,
3: though. The people who just want to talk stocks, stocks, stocks are looking for, you know, there's there's two groups of people that come to the show. One are the people that want to learn something. They want to know why this is happening. And this is, you know what I feel like, you know, we're trying to teach people to trade. And then there's other people that are just like, what do you like? I want to just buy what you like. I want to just buy, you know, but but what I like might not be what's good for you. You know, like I'm doing different short term trades, you know, and sometimes I'm doing longer term stuff. And I like to talk to you about my longer term. You know, I like this because that's stuff you guys can participate in. We like to give you some longer term picks. Like I said, you know, I picked up the US Steel on the earnings report. I like that one, but I pick up some bad ones, too. It all depends on what your time frame is, how you're approaching it. But, you know, just coming, people just want the quick buck. If you're coming here for the quick buck, it's tough. It's tough to chase people's, other people's performance, because one You know, they might be in it for completely different reasons. Two, they might have a different time frame than you. And three, it's, you know, it's just difficult because, you know, if you you like it and you're talking about, you know, something you're going into, you're going to trade it completely different than I am so i don't know what your risk tolerance is we don't know any of that stuff so you know the best thing we can do for you on this show is to teach you not give you stock you know we try to give some ideas some longer-term ideas some swing ideas you know but for the most part we're trying to teach you on this show other shows are trying to give you stock picks i know there's all these shows oh penny stocks this oh here's the hot penny stock go buy this one we're not trying to do any of that we don't talk penny stocks in the show we're trying to teach you to be better traders and I think, you know, I think we should be doing more of the teaching instead of just going through earnings reports and going through, you know, we have 400 stocks the reporting today. day. It's after the fact. Yeah, like, well, everybody, everybody's like, there's half the chat's pissed off because I haven't talked to stock yet. But then the other half likes it because we're trying to teach something here. And I think, you know, I, I want to be more of the teacher to you guys. I want you guys to learn how to be better traders. And it's all about discipline. It's about cutting those losers. You know, I've been in this business 22 years. A hundred percent of the money that I've accumulated through my wealth has been made through trading. All of it. You know, I had a Quizno sub shop. I lost a hundred grand <laughs> on it. So that actually was negative to me. I've really made, you know, I've done some real estate deals and some other stuff afterwards. But the, the core amount of my money that I've made in my life has been through trading. So, and Joel's, Joel's made a lot of his money. Obviously, his wife's a doctor and stuff. But Joel made a lot of money trading too. You know, And in the years. markets.
2: And and the in markets. the markets and in trading. Yeah. You so, I mean,
3: we're trying to help late. you guys, you know, that are just starting. And, you know, last year, I, nobody needed us because everything was going straight up and everybody was a genius. Now I'm getting texts that's like, oh, why stocks down? You know, what do you think of this one? Is it going to come back? And I'm like, you're down 30, 40 percent. You got to have you, you weren't giving any risk management whatsoever in my trading account, believe it or not. Um, you know, I've had some overnights where I've had a stock taken over on me or something. But I clean it up every single night. In my trading account, it's cleaned up every single time, usually around 10 o'clock because I have overnight trades and stuff. I'm usually completely out flat on my trading account, not my investment account. No matter what. No matter what. Completely flat at 10 a.m. And then I take off for a couple hours, usually from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. I got my kids. I do some stuff. That's the chop and slop hours. I don't like trading 11 to 2. I've said that for years. It's really tough to trade in there. There's no trend. If there's something going on in the market, I might be trading it but it's really hard to trade in those hours. So typically at 10 a.m. every single day, swing trades a little different, but I don't have any swings on right now. So I have zero swing trades on right now. That's all investments or day trades or overnights. I clean my trade, I'm I'm flat at 10 a.m. So even if I'm down, even if I'm getting crushed in something, I get crushed in something every single day. You know, I got a hundred trades overnight sometimes. I guarantee you there's gonna be a few losers in there. I take the loser and I get out, it's over. You know, like I was short SPH into the report here. Um, Suburban propane partners. I don't know why. Um, I didn't even realize it reported. It was on my sheet. And I missed it. I got short in the report. I covered. It. I just took the loss this morning. I, I I lost money on that trade, so I didn't hold on and say, "Oh, it's going to come back down." It was a good report. It looks okay on the from a tape reading perspective. It's got some bids and stuff there. I covered. It. I just covered it at fifteen bucks. So and 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 so you know you've got to be able to take losers. And if you're not taking losers and you're just sitting there hoping your trade comes back, like everybody says, oh, I've never had a loser. I never take a loser. Eventually, you will be full of losers. Eventually, you'll probably blow out your account with that strategy because you'll get caught in the wrong stocks. And eventually, you're going to get caught in those stocks that eventually go to zero or close to zero. So you got to be disciplined and take those losses. So anyways, that's my little rant. You can hate on it. You can love on it. You can say, oh, Dennis doesn't know what he's talking about. I've never had a loser and I'll never have a loser. Maybe you're a trading god. Maybe you have a crystal ball. But in all likelihood, you've just been benefiting from a relentlessly bull
2: market. Yep, exactly, exactly. Hey, Spencer, Israel, you still around there, chap? Whoa, I sorry, I just dozed off there. I'm back. (laughs) But I'm (laughs) to sleep. Spencer's like, where's
3: the stock picks? I want stock picks. I don't want this. Spencer's like, what is it?
1: No, actually, I I know for a fact that we're still in a bull market. You you know how I know? How? because this guy told me so i don't know if you could see there it was oh it. that's
3: great where'd you get where'd you get that
1: uh producer ab was driving and he saw this <laughs> that's a great that's a
3: great plate right there man who got that those symbols i don't know so i um, want the one that says b-e-a-r market yeah rah 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 bear market maybe i could get that one nobody's gonna yeah. get that one
1: no maybe not remember
3: us? Uh, lj had stock trader STCKTRDR he was a trader that was back in our firm of Bright trading I was like that's a pretty good plate STCKTRDR he had stock trader
1: <laughs> fun okay. Let's, let's get to uh, – look, guys, we, we don't have a guest today, so so consider that your guest segment, okay? The rest of the time we can do some that was that was guest else. segment. So let's get to the
3: news. Let's get to stock here? picks. 20, let's get to what
1: we like and what we don't like.
3: 26 minutes, that too. and I you did not out-talk everyone.
2: you, Dennis. I did not out-talk you. I tried 26 minutes. <laughs> All right, Dennis, Dennis talk was talk too much. Sixteen, I was ten.
1: It, it's it's more the same here, guys. You, you get some good reports out there, but stocks go down regardless. I don't know whether if you want to start with like Etsy, which was pretty strong report. Rock, start with W. W. Okay. Yeah,
3: because I actually had this trade too. So I Wait get stuck in trades sometimes. Give me the report on W.
2: Also, and let's just do it for the rest of the day. Like when we say this, say this goes value or growth.
1: Okay. Wayfair. Growth. Growth. No, no value. <laughs> no value. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the numbers for W were out this morning. Q1, adjusted EPS. They made a dollar. Eh, let, let me get the estimate for you real fast. Uh, $1 earnings per share last quarter versus a... Whoa, that estimate must be... There must be some adjustment there because the estimate was at 21 cents. Revenue... I killed it. Revenue comparable... Yeah, or they just killed it. Revenue comparable... They killed it. Uh, three point four seven or three point three seven billion dollars. So a beat on the top line revenue, beat on the bottom line earnings. Uh, a- active customers up fifty seven percent year over year. So I had I got stuck in this stock along. Here I am. So gross
3: stocks, I tell you, I buy growth stocks sometimes. <laughs> yeah. too. I got stuck in a long overnight. I don't know how the hell I got stuck in. it. I was trying to get out of it all night. I refused to sell it down seven bucks because I was like, I think they're going to beat. I think it's going to pop on the earnings. So I'm like, I'm going to sneak out on the earnings pop. So I had my plan already to get the hell out of this thing. So it was literally down ahead of the report. Seven bucks last night. I did not want to take this through the report because I've been hammering growth names. Uh, Nightmares was going to open down like 50 bucks. I did not want to be long, but I'm long it. And I'm like, okay, this is my game plan. This thing reports at 7 a.m. I'm going to get up and get out on the print. You know, pretty much regardless. I like I think they're gonna beat. I think it's gonna pop from the algo on the print. I'm gonna get out on that. And you know, and, and then I think it's gonna tank. So I actually called this to a T because I actually got out at I sold um, unbelievably at two seventy-seven this morning, which I believe is the high. Right, yeah. I believe I believe I got the high tick. So um, I got out of two seventy-seven on the print. I never do that. I had the order out there. I wanted to get on the algo print because I know the algo comes in and says, oh, it's a beat. I'll buy it. I was like, I got to get out on that algo print because I think this is one, even if it beats, I think it turns around and goes down. It actually stayed up for a few minutes there and then it started to leak. So the predictable, what they've been doing to these earnings on the beats, they still hit them anyways and it went down um, and now it's trading down. It's holding up fairly well. It was a really big beat. So I actually, after I sold initially, I was like, I might regret this because this was a pretty good beat. but then I didn't. And obviously it tanked after that. So, I mean, sometimes you just got to have a game plan. I was on the wrong side. I did not want to be long in the stock going into the report. I was got the earnings pop. It did exactly what I thought. I got out of it. I made, you know, I think I bought the clothes by accident. I don't know. I'm running an algorithm run a lot of things. I don't know how the hell I bought the clothes, but I did. Um, anyways, maybe it was maybe it was intentional. I don't even remember because I'm trading so many dang stocks. But in regardless, afterwards, I was like, I don't want to be long this. <laughs> so that was my plan to get out on the print. I got out on the print at two seventy seven and really? obviously it's tanked after that. It was a small position. It wasn't a big position, but You know even a small position way 70
2: bucks i know it moves
3: around so it was a small position for me but it was just nice to get out of it so i just want to tell you know sometimes you just got to think okay how am i working this out sometimes you know i would have taken the loss if it was down like 30 bucks and i didn't get out on the print i would have ate the loss too so but you know i kind of had an idea that i could get out on the print i did so lucky
2: uh, I just want to say, I'm not going to drill on the technicals on this, but also, you know, you talk about growth versus value, and we also talk about, uh, you know, stay-at-home versus reopening stocks, right? And this was a stay-at-home stock, right? Everyone yeah. was ordering their furniture and whatever. I even think we got a few things from there. So number one, it's a stay-at-home stock in a reopened environment, and it's a it's a high PE stock, so it already turned. So you know you can categorize you know things, not only be by value and growth. We also talk about you know stay at home versus uh, reopening training. Those are all relationship based yep, trades. Yep. Yep. Just a little little another another tool for your toolbox. Here. I mean that's all. Right, well,
3: you know I've got the lists and most of them are in my head, but that's how I'm making my money every day is those relationships. You know we have like a a, a data point from a drug company. Before, it's not they're not really impacting it now, but, you know, OK, well, it's good news for the stay at home. It's it's bad news for the reopening or it's good news for the reopening. And I buy the whole group. My reopening go to stocks for all the airlines and cruise lines and casinos. And if it was bad news, I would short all those stocks. Yes, evil shorting again. You know, just basically, you know, keeping those relationships that the market has deemed, you know, to reopening or lockdown stocks. And if it was locked down, I'd buy the Zooms and Pelotons and Teladocs. There was lots of times. I thought Zoom, Peloton, and, and 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 Teladoc were ridiculously overvalued for a long time. I still had lots of long trades on those. You know, I don't care. As a day trader, I don't care if it's long or, or if it's overvalued. I just care where the momentum is. And if the momentum is going to be, you know, if we got a, a headline where, oh, it's not looking as good, and the reopening stock's getting hit, they're going to buy the lockdown stocks. So that's where I make my real bread and butter is from that stuff. It's not really making stock calls and saying, oh, I like the chart here. I think it's going down. It's those relationships.
1: All right, Uh Yeah, while Dennis was talking, if, if you care, we did get initial job disclaims for last week. So another an- another data point uh, tomorrow's jobs report is going to be more important, but uh, they were better than expected, lower than expected. Job claims filed last week. Okay, uh, let's go to PayPal. Growth, earnings last night, EPS beat, sales beat, guidance raised, stock up. <laughs>
3: and somebody's people are giving me heat and they're saying it's still stock, it's still, you know, not because here's a growth name and look, they're they've beaten it's up. I mean, yes. yeah, there's gonna be exceptions to the rule. I would love a market where growth was out of favor and every single growth stock just automatically went down on the report. It's still probabilities and numbers. Not every single one's gonna go down the report. The other thing you remember is Apple beat and raised and the stock was wicked up the next day on the report. Amazon beat and raised and the stock was wicked up the next day on the report. What happened a week later? They started to leak. So this PayPal, I would say, is I'd be somewhat concerned that it could possibly leak. You have Square earnings tonight, which obviously will impact PayPal as well. Mm -hmm. Those two stocks pair together very well. I pair those stocks up all the time. PayPal starts ripping, I buy a Square. PayPal starts zip, or dipping, I short Square, and vice versa. I mean, those are relationship-based trades, I will, and that'll be tonight as well. Works a little better when the one hasn't reported yet, but um, there'll still be that relationship. If Square kills it tonight, PayPal get a little bit more lift off of it. If Square gets hit, PayPal leak a little bit off of it. So just understand those two pair up very well together. Um, you know, it's a moneymaker for me as well. But go back, you know, PayPal, it's getting a pop into the report. It is oh. a growth name. They have typically sold those stocks. So am I buying PayPal up 10 bucks? No. Yep. Could this one go up another 10 Could this be the exception to the rule that yep. we've seen in earnings season? Absolutely. It's holding up very well. It's holding up very well so far. So, so far, so good for PayPal longs. It's a loved stock. Um, the valuation still insane. But, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff that's more insane out there. So I, I love the company, lots of growth. I had it at one time. It's just, you know, way overextended for me and way overvalued for me to put in my long-term portfolio. But, you know, short-term, am I shorting it here automatically? No, because it's held up really well. It's got the double bottom from yesterday. If you just want to go to the technical I that, 246, yep, I got it. Yep, big yep. level. I think uh, I'd wait and see on this just to see if it starts to look weak after the open and, you know, maybe get a setup. But I'm not buying it up 10, though.
2: Uh just a couple things to keep an eye on. After hours high, 261.86. So you always want to see follow through through that level, right? And then after that, it opens up to you know two two sixty-six would be your next level. The longer it takes these stocks to take out their pre-market high, the more nervous people get. And now it's just it's leaking. I mean, it's leaking. So now all these people that I hit 260, yeah, fixed it gets back to 260, I'm going to scratch it. And the other thing I would look at in this is this chart looks eerily similar to Activision yesterday, right? You're yeah. up here yeah. in the pre-market, yeah. not as heavily traded. This one actually missed the pre-market high by 11 cents. And then it ended up flat on the day. So yeah. that's just, you know, that's just my, uh, that's it. That's just my, my we, we called this on one Act.
3: perfectly on the show. I said, if I was an Activision, yep. I would be selling it. I actually said it was even, I believe I even said, I like it short here. So not even just to sell it. I actually liked it short. I didn't trade it I'd sidetrack doing other things. Um, wish I would have shorted it. I was kicking myself a little bit because I called it perfectly and I did not short stock. Um, okay. but anyways, it came right in. I mean, it gave it all back. This is just a classic, you know, counter move rally. When you see a, a, a move that's very counter to what the current trend has been, you have the bag holders all trying to get out, and they did. There was two stocks that did exactly, you know, that. It was Activision. What was the other one yesterday? There was another one, Spencer, a Momo name that was way up pre market, and it gave it all back to it Was it Lyft? Well, Lyft did too. I don't know if we talked about Lyft, but Lyft did it as well. Exactly. It was the uh, uh, same what? setup. Up at sixty dollars in the pre market trading and ends up closing and now it's a fifty one. Which
2: one was that? Was it Zillow?
3: That was left. No, no, no. Oh it Zillow.
2: Was... Did you see Zillow?
3: Dude, same thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah.
2: I yeah. think we
3: said Zillow too. I think we did say Zillow too. It's the kind of stock they just don't want to own right now and they're selling on good reports. Could have been also I mean, be, could have also been space Galactic. Oh no, that was that wasn't earnings, but that was a headline, but it was up too. I mean you yeah. gotta watch. What's in favor? First, you know, ask yourself a question. When you're trading a stock is my stock in favor you can quickly look at the 90 day to tell you the answer to that question stocks trending down it's not in favor stock trending up it is in favor if it's not in favor and it gets a counter move into that you'll find more sellers than buyers those stocks tend to give it back if it's in favor and you get a counter move those stocks tend to work better on the buy the dip mentality unless it's just ridiculously overbought but i mean overall And that's why I use the 90-day chart for everything. I want to know, is the stock in favor or is it not in favor? 90% of the stocks that I trade, I know if it's in favor or not in favor because I trade them all the time. I know the trend in space is clearly down uh, without looking at the chart. So that's why I said 90% of the trades I make, I don't look at a chart first. I don't need to. I know what the 90-day looks like. If it's a stock I haven't looked at in a long time, I might need to look at the chart and say, is this going up? Is it an uptrend or is it a downtrend or is it a no trend? And then you know I can you know make calls from that point in time, but when you're looking at these stocks that are having these counter trend rallies, they are typically selling opportunities, and those worked perfectly in Lyft yesterday, ATVI, and Zillow.
2: And also like with something like PayPal, I I haven't looked at the options chain in it, but you know where did this close yesterday? This closed at uh, two forty seven. You know, I have no idea what the 250s were going for. I'm sure they wanted a couple stakes on it, uh, you know, to pay up. But, you know, here you are. You know, you can, if you're trading the weeklies or something short term, boom, lock it in here. So that's that's one other thing that the, the option traders can have. I look at the influence of them, not so much when they take big positions before. I try and think about what would someone do that had the, you know, that took a flyer on the 250 call. And that expires tomorrow with a jobs number. Cha-ching. That's, That's important
3: a- to think about too, Joel, though. That's a great, you know, um, you know, to think about what would somebody do if they had these options. I mean, sometimes I look at open interest just for that reason, you know, yep. and you can figure out different where it's going to thicken up because there's a lot of open interest at a certain price. That's why Kenny Glick on Hit the Bids always the 45, the 50, the 55. Because that's where the bulk of the open interest is on, you know, typical contracts. So that's where you're going to see these turning points as those big whole numbers. Not so much that it's a big psychological number, which it is, but more that there's a lot of open interest at a certain strike.
1: Next. All right. Uh, a lot of tickers flying in the chat. We'll try to cover as many of them as we can. Let's go to Etsy here. This is a, one of the stay-at-home plays. So it's going to be tough. Growth or
2: value, Spencer?
1: Uh, growth. It's going to be tough for them uh, to <laughs> to stack up to last year's numbers. So even though their earnings per share came in above estimates or sales came in above estimates, uh, that, that that's what they said on the call. It's like, hey, it's going to be really tough for us. And we, that's not a surprise. We knew, we, we knew that. But they're acknowledging, yeah, our growth is, <laughs> our, our, our growth rate is going to go down because it, it has to. 20 bucks. Beautiful
3: um, setup, shortened to the report. I didn't short it, but um, it was, would have been a good setup because here you were. It's actually even out rallying. If, he, if Etsy blew it away, it probably was going to rally and give it back. It's just a stock that's ridiculously overvalued. Um, you can say, oh, it's cheap from two forty to one eighty. Put it in perspective, though. The stock was thirty bucks a year ago. You know, one hundred and eighty-five dollars now, and the stock was, you know, already trading on a nosebleed P when it, even when it was thirty. Yes, it has grown a lot. Yes, those value investors like myself would probably pay forty or fifty dollars for this. There's not a lot of value investors paying one hundred and sixty-five dollars for Etsy. So if the momentum is gone and the growth is not as much as you know we had hoped. Um, you get that huge gap that I'm talking about. Again, value investors are sitting at 50 bucks. Momentum investors are saying there's no momentum, not buying at 165. The stock could actually continue to leak. You'll see rallies. You'll see counter trend rallies. I think all those rallies are to be sold. I think a stock like Etsy is a perfect setup that we might be in uh, July of 2000. Yes, I keep referring to it because it is working to refer to that because it's making you make the right decisions when you're trading. Um, I think we had the nice you know rally in April, which was more like the summer of 2000. I think this continues to leak. I would not be the least bit surprised if Etsy's under a hundred dollars when I look at it a year from now.
2: Uh, Dennis, someone just mentioned like the ninety-day thing, and you're looking at the trend. And I'm looking like for Etsy. I mean, it's been choppy, right? But if you look at the last three monthly candles, what do you see? You see some red there, right? So
3: uh, look at, the... yeah, look at that bottom right chart. That looks like it's getting ready to break down. You can say it's already sold off uh, 100 points from the highs. That chart on the ri- on the bottom <laughs> right looks like it. it's breaking trend. That looks like it's going to be a not a good year for Etsy. Again, anything can change. You know, and I might turn around and get bullish, you know, if they turn around and they start to get some momentum again, the momentum traders come right in. But to come in here and catch the falling knife at 165 and saying, "You know it's going to come back." We don't know anything. This is not the market to say they all come back and stonks only go up. It is not the market for that. We're in a different, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. So this is, you know, literally not even hit the 50% retracement yet, which Joel just put on there so nicely. So, I mean, you start is it's the 50% retracement's down at 140. That's another 25 points lower. Typically, the 50%, the, they will bounce to the 50%, but we're not even close to that yet. So if you're coming in at 165 now and it bounces to 180, you got lucky. Because I tell you, this doesn't look great. You know, maybe it's going to bounce and maybe stocks will eventually all come back. But, you know, they didn't in 2001, 2002 to 2010. A lot of these stocks we know didn't come back for 20 years. Some of them didn't at all. I just be careful. Etsy still a good story. Etsy still has some growth. But Etsy's momentum has completely turned. And that's why you're going to see, you know, a difficult time for the stock to just bounce right back to 240.
2: Uh, Patient buyer here, pre-market low, 162.06. So you're four bucks above that. So, you know, until you reach that pre-market low, then, you know, maybe the low is in on for the session. It just, the way it looks, the way it's bounced, it's just kind of like a uh, dead cat bounce maybe. But uh, that low, 162, look at this. I, I would keep an eye. If you're looking for more downside today, I see three lows in the same area. Uh, 157. Ooh, that's another nine bucks away. People don't want to hear that. Um, I do see one. Yeah, that's all I have on the dailies, folks. I doubt it's going there today. But uh, keep an eye on that pre-market low for follow-through. If somehow it, you know, it never comes near that pre-market low, maybe it's something you can lean on. Uh, but man. and then on the other side here. You know, people that are long the puts, you know, hey, I just took a flyer on the 180 puts and they're 15 bucks in the money. They could be bidding for stock here and be able to trade the stock on the way up. So keep an eye on the pre-market low coming off it. Uh, below that, there's not much daily support.
1: All right. All we've done so far is talk about growth stocks that are out of favor. Uh, let's talk about Rocket here. This is this is more, this is is more a value stock, but it is still out of favor.
3: Yeah, this is it a value stock is the a, is a question as well. I mean, they've been in an environment where their earnings can't be better. I mean, it's been a fabulous environment for Rocket. And we're obviously worried about interest rates going higher. And Rocket is ground zero for that. So just the fundamental thought process that this is a cheap stock and it's got to go up. May not necessarily be the case if you start to see interest rate rise and interest rates rise because this takes a direct hit it's a reddit storied stock too, and the story has cooled mm. off, and you have bag holders all over the place. Yeah. I was long rocket a couple of times I actually rebought it at twenty five and I ended up selling it I, I think I actually scratched it somehow in the swing trade portfolio, but I would have taken the loss on it too here you've got good support down here in that eighteen nineteen dollars you know if I was in it, I probably would hold it at this point just because there's so much support at 18, but it's a stock that's going to have a real rough go because one, you have a lot of people on Reddit that are caught in this. Two, you have a lot of people that are value investors that are caught in this. Three, the storied momentum that this thing had is all but gone right now. Um, And you have a rise potential, you know, rising interest rate environment coming. So, I mean, that's really why we've been selling off because everybody's worried that interest rates are going to have to start going up slowly. Um, if inflation starts to go up they're going to have to start to creep up interest rates a bit and that's not good news they're not going to you know raise an extreme amount but we could be entering a rising interest rate environment, which is not good for rocket either so um, I don't love the stock here. Pretty 19. good environment,
2: man. It's been a pretty good environment. It's been a perfect like
3: environment for them. It's an environment that really is the stock should have been a lot higher. So you think, is this as good as it gets? And maybe it is. And I think the market is saying that as well. And that's why it's down again. So sorry, you know, I'm not buying it at 19 today. If it and starts you know to turn and starts to look like some life, I might get back in this one. But this is one of those value, like supposed value stocks. That if it starts rising, it could start going down. It's it's really cyclical to a certain extent. I mean, we've been in a low interest rate environment for a long, long time. So, you know, you can look at it and say, well, you know, if the interest rates were higher, this would be probably making a lot less money. So, I mean, you got to look at it from that perspective, too. It's the same thing like why U.S. Steel looks like a cheap, cheap stock right now because they just killed it and they're making a buck a quarter. But it's cyclical. It's not going to always be making that kind of money. The chips are the same thing. It's cyclical. So this is to a certain extent. I mean it's just been, you know, low interest rates for a long time. Great company. RKT. Um I'm just not buying it here today. This is yeah.
2: weird. Uh did they have a they have a dividend? I don't we did this trade no. down to sixteen thirty nine? I thought the low was seventeen fifty.
3: When did it do that? I
2: don't know. It's shown in did the Did they first... have a
3: special they did have a special dividend or something? Uh, do do? Yeah. I feel like they did. Yeah, it was a buck eleven. Okay, yeah.
1: there you go. You know Trust what would me.
3: help this is if they actually feel like they can keep and they actually instituted a full time dividend. They like started paying a dividend, this would help the stock because then people would see it more as a value stock. When I think value stocks, I think a dividend. I see a zero on this and I think, oh, it's you know not giving me any money. Is it really a value stock? Or, you know, are they not confident enough to pay me a dividend? They're not confident that their earnings are going to continue to be as stable as they've been. So if they if they started a dividend up and stuff, I'd get more interested in this.
0: Uh
2: so you have the adjusted with the special dividend uh you can 1639 is the adjusted low after that special dividend this has not undercut the IPO low and what did Eric Kroll say yesterday what percentage of stocks undercut their 81% IPO 81% yeah yeah so you know if if you don't think that's going to happen then you know you purchase here be prepared for it to happen I I just haven't um, I played options once on the long side and puts once. I just not, I don't know. I just like this kind of environment with the way housing is the potential of rates. It's just when a stock's not doing what it should in a good environment, then you got to be careful what's going to happen and the environment changes and, that's, That's the, the
3: concern is. Saying, let's see yeah. how they do in a, a little bit of a rising rate environment and do they start getting hit. It's maybe not the environment I want to own this stock. I still like the company and I'm, I think I will put this in my long-term portfolio again at some point in time. I'm not ready to do that today because I think the unknowns of inflation, you know, which we know is happening here in a rising interest rate environment is a direct hit on this. Okay, let's, go, let's um,
2: keep this rolling, Spencer.
1: Yeah, Dennis, I don't know if you want to look at that Wayfair chart now. But I don't know if you saw if you oh, it took
3: off. That's yep. fine. Yeah, so
1: that they must set something on confidence. Yeah, call's going, calls going on right now.
3: So yeah. they must someone, someone. <sighs> I mean, you can't look at and say, oh, why well, did I uh, hold that? You, you know, know what heat I would have taken on that,
2: that? It went down to 250. I would have taken that's... so much heat, I would have
3: puked it out down there. If so, you're trading no stocks that. like
2: that, I mean, Dennis takes a, a position in the earnings. You heard the kind of plan that he had. Trying I got out, to of my get out. It worked and perfectly. Was, and if it went against him, he would have gotten out too. So, yeah. I mean, if if you're good at trading crazy stuff like this, then – Go right ahead but you can't
3: in this game you this cannot crazy, be looking yeah. i'm gonna tell you something too there's another lesson for the traders here, because we don't have a guest today so it's a good teaching day but if you're looking at the trades and you're always getting upset when it goes up more when you sell it and then it's up more than that you're upset with yourself why did you're gonna have so much trouble in this business because there's going you're never gonna get a perfect you're never ever gonna sell the top and buy the bottom it's never gonna happen it happens once in a blue moon and it's like wow I sold the top on that today. Um, it's not going to happen so you can't have regret for what you did. Somebody wanted to talk about SPH. I just covered my short of 15 bucks. It's offered at 14.90. It actually looks like it's leaking and might go down from here. So I had a really good report. I was like the report's too strong, the dividend is strong. I'm like I've got too much risk here. I'm just getting the hell out. Um you know, it may be tanks yeah. today. It may be a tanks we'll today. Yeah, a tank's today. I, I lose money on. It. I lost I'm lose I've, I took the loser on it. But I can't look back and say, "Oh, well, I could have just covered a 14.95, and you know, I think the 14.80 bit's going to get hit, and it's going to open a 14." It's like, "Oh my goodness, why did I cover 15? I'm such an idiot!" If I was driving myself, crazy. I would drive myself crazy. I'd have so many bangs on my head from banging my head against the desk. You can't <laughs> do that in this business. You're not going to get it perfect. You're going to get some dead wrong. It's okay in trading. It's okay to be wrong. You just try to be right more than you're wrong. But it's really okay to be wrong. And to be wrong a lot.
1: It's okay. Okay. What about trying to figure out what we want to get to? I must really be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Next. Next. You, you, should we do a couple more earnings, or should we go to the chat? Because there's some non-earnings stuff from from there that we can get to. But we still didn't cover Uber. We didn't cover Twilio. We Somebody
3: didn't... wanted Pfizer, and Pfizer's a hey, stock. Crazy but, it, but 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 it, it's been crazy lately. Um, what is going on long Pfizer
2: in the long-term Me account too. I, was, I looked i looked at a long-term I, account i, I was it.
3: actually long at overnight too why because a dividend capture this uh, dividend capture did not go well what so happened i bought the close on pfizer which was 39.97 my out to break even would be 39.58 um it got downgraded today so, um, oh. you know, when you get a downgrade, you're just like, oh, that sucks. But you got to eat it and move on. So I, I have the long term Pfizer account. I'm in from $14. I'm not selling my long term Pfizer position. But short term, I had extra shares in my trading account. I bought Pfizer on the close at $39.97. And, um, you know, the adjusted close is $39.58 because it paid the $0.39 dividend. Often Pfizer works well with dividend capture. Today it did not. There was also some headlines with the vaccines that wasn't helping as well. That wasn't helping either. But then you get the actual downgrade from Mizuho. Pfizer gets downgraded uh, to neutral. Um, Yeah,
1: with a price target above where the stock is. You
3: know, which is just nonsense. But everybody just sees downgrade me too, and they hit the stock. Wow. I those last questions later. So (laughs) I I worked at that
2: range in that thing yesterday. Holy mackerel. That that, that that Pfizer was there news out intraday. I have vaccines.
3: There, there's a lot of vaccines. What a crazy!
2: There. I mean, that is. A lot of headlines, man. Wow, and now it's yeah. Chilling. So you got
3: some volatility in Pfizer here now. Um, so I, I had the overnight position. I sold and took the loss. I sold at 3894 this morning, right in there, around six fifty-five, seven o'clock, right Good around stuff. there. So yeah. I took a I took a sixty cent hit on Pfizer, which is a big hit. For a Pfizer uh, for overnight Pfizer, yeah, for a Pfizer overnight great. is a big hit, but I had the downgrade working against me. The vaccine's working against me. I eat the loss. That's a good loss. That's a good trade. You're like, how do you lose 60 cents? How is it a good trade? You know what? Down another 70 cents from where I just sold it. So it was, it was a good trade. I've saved myself 65 cents by eating the loss. So you got to eat the loss and move on. You can't just are you say, oh, be I, able I can't to sell.
2: I, mean, I can't sell when I'm down. Are you going to be able to dig out today? Or is it, or is it are you too Yeah, far? yeah because
3: you know, the Wayfair I actually made money on. So yeah, okay. I think I'm actually, and I got a couple moving my way. I got a couple of bad ones. Like I said, the SPH <laughs> I lost on, but the Wayfair, the Wayfair I made six bucks on. So somehow, you know, and obviously it's trading up higher. People say I'm stupid because it's up 11 now, but um, okay, you know, yeah. at the time it was a good sale yeah. for sure. So yeah, I think I'm, I haven't even really, I haven't actually looked at my p today. So I haven't looked at it yet. I don't keep it on my screen because it impacts my trading. Um, I keep it off my screen. I used to have it on my screen all the time, but I feel like it impacts my trading too much, so I don't look at my p I feel like I'm like – I got some big losers and big winners today. I feel like I'm kind of scratched, but you never really know till after 9.30 30. <laughs> the overnight <laughs>
1: stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, there's a couple questions in the chat I want to get to. So Ken Hall uh, asked about Twitter earlier. Um, this one hasn't stopped going down from a turning support really.
2: It's, it's okay. I mean, if you want to strike here, uh, love, um, love, love it. Yeah, you got a level. This is what Twitter does. It makes a low, it undercuts growth to answer the question. Yeah. I yeah, not much growth. I mean, as much (laughs) as I talk about this company, can they make more than a billion dollars in a quarter and then they do it and like oh no, we're seven fifty to nine fifty. I I don't know, man. I, I it just it it's everyone uses it, uh I don't know subscriptions, I don't know what the hell they gotta do, but um own it, not selling it You, still you got a today. little bit, yeah, you got a base here, you can lean on it. um, what's the p on this? I haven't looked at the p, not crazy, I don't p think.
1: no, I think it's a little high. it's still I, high, but I don't think it's insane i just get so discouraged yeah i mean it's like it's like in the 50s it's like in the 50s i think okay
3: so it's high still but i mean the market overall why are we running the market like 26 27 i mean you know on a ford basis it's somewhere there
1: it's It's like high
3: 23
1: it's high 50s wait what'd you say what's
3: the what's the spy do you know what this spy P is uh, right now? If I had if I had a guess, I don't know. It's I like think it's like
1: 22 twenty two or twenty three, yeah, but I haven't looked at a long time which either. Is high. Historically high, yeah. The, the average the historical average is fifteen. I think we're at like twenty right now. Um, yeah, so twenty two maybe. I don't know.
3: Yeah, somewhere in there. So we're we are historically high, but then it's it's all screwed up from COVID too, right? You know, right, like well, the earnings yeah like that screwed it all up. So uh,
1: all right, uh, here's another good question from the Benzinga chat. Uh chat. Let's say you, you've got a value stock like ASO. Right. Academy sports. Yeah. Making new highs here. Yeah. How do you play that? You you, you wait for it to pull back? You, you, you chase pre-market? I think I know what you're going to say. You chase a pre-market or do you wait for a pullback?
3: You got to go into your pro because you're going to take the current earnings and say it's a value stock, but I'm going to take the current I earnings and say it's, it's all just benefiting from COVID. What's the history? You know where were they making money before? I mean, if you look, uh, oh, we only got four years of data. Isn't we only been out that,
1: there's yeah, not really very long data. in here, so. Yeah, you
3: only have three years of data. You don't know much. But if you look historically, like 2019, they were losing money, yeah. and then 2020 and 2021, they've started kicking butt because it's COVID. So this is inflated earnings right now, just because of COVID. Like inflated. Like we know anything outdoor activity is you know really inflated earnings right now look at that so these earnings are probably not sustainable long run so you can't just currently say oh yeah it's getting a buck oh nine last quarter and it's going to make three dollars or four dollars and the thing's trading a PE of eight it's dirt cheap yeah if we stay in an outdoor buy everything outdoorsy environment forever but we know like right now winnebago all those stocks are inflated earnings and inflated stock prices to boot so you kind of got to look at you know like winnebago maybe be a better example because we'll have more history on that but if you look at like a WGO right now, like two twelve, buck sixty nine, buck forty five, look at the history though. This typically is making 30, 40 cents a quarter. So you gotta really grab those earnings when it's you difficult. want a real key. Yep. So you got to go and say, okay, well, Winnebago historically can make two to three bucks a year, not two to three bucks a quarter. And when we get back to normal environment where everybody's not doing everything outdoors and they're going indoors again, Winnebago is going to suffer. So if you take that and you say, okay, well, historically they're making about two bucks a year, it's trading with a PE of 40. If you look at it right now, you think it's trading with a PE of 10. It's a big difference. So you got to look at the history of the earnings. This is your CFA cap on right now? And what is sustainable? I don't think I'm gonna, the current I'm rate of here. earnings on these I, outdoor,
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stop you right here on this because yeah. a little bit, because, and I, I talked about this, I mentioned it to Eric, I think, I think what's happened the past year has changed people's perspectives. All right. Sure. And I think all these people that, you know, stayed indoors and banged on the computers sure. and stuff when it so now they're like, Wow, man, nature's pretty cool. You know? <laughs> sure. I get outside to do things. So I don't think that they're gonna be able to sustain the the growth and earnings that they had, mm-hmm. but I think that the perception that p- things have changed and people are like, you know, now they're going to be more prone to be, you know, the environment being outside and camping and stuff. So there's a happy medium on that. Uh, people have changed. Just real quickly, you just got to keep an eye on 33.75. It's your uh, was the old time high. You hit it yesterday. You hit it last month. You sold off it. So if this thing is breaking out. You know, then boom, it's going to hold this 34. It's going to keep on going and keep on going. I'm not chasing it. I'm not buying it. But if you're looking for a suspended breakout here, got to stay above that former uh, old time high 3375.
1: Wait, Rich, Rich D says the current S&P is 44. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: because it's based on last year's. Uh, I was going to say there's because no because COVID depressed so many earnings reports, you can't take you can't just take the the, the s and 2020 earnings right. and look at it that way. That'll be the number which seems insane. Yeah. You got to look at it on a forward basis because you had a lot of companies that were losing money because of COVID. Yeah. So we're coming out of COVID, so what is for real? You know, you got to almost do like a COVID, think of COVID as like a one-time item. You know, Day for time. a lot of different companies, you know, like this is a one-year item where it's screwing up the reports on everything. You know, if you're stay-at-home like ASO and Winnebago, it inflated the reports. Activision Blizzard probably inflated the reports. If you're, you know, a casino, it it lowered the reports substantially. So you got to think, you know, where were you before COVID and if we're going to look like a little bit different after to Joel's point is a fantastic point that, you know, probably Winnebago is going to settle up a little bit higher because we'll start liking outdoors a little bit more. So there's, there's some long term Activision, but if people never played video games. They like playing video games. It's going to be some oh. sustained effects there. But Did, you not go <laughs> Did you just go into Raz
2: Triple Play Talk? Did you just go into Raz Triple Play Talk on that? Did I? We're talking so fast there, my ears are tired.
3: You gotta put me on. You know how they put people on the, the the double speed to listen to them. People gotta put me on half speed. To to so, I'm always well, talking on double. I'll, I'll tell
1: but... you what. I'll tell you what. The best play. The best way to play ASO was watch Money Mitch. I talked about this Tuesday night. There we go. Literally, pitch. Tuesday all night. Over it. There we go. Tuesday this night. This
3: money, Mitch. I mean, we love the Mitch ideas. He Last gives us thing, a lot of good ideas.
1: On the ASO, I will, I will note, short interest is pretty high. I'm seeing in the 30% range for ASO short interest. So keep that. It's not nothing. That's not nothing. Keep that in mind as well. Um, li- liable for a short. Time. We're
2: not getting to a lot That's of already tickers. already kind of had it. Uh, well, hey, yeah. We're not getting to a lot of tickers here, and I know it's 9 o'clock, and Dennis and I got to hop here, but i have I wrote down some tickers. I'm going to go over them in the chat it, here. I, I so have an throw idea. Throw some more in. Throw so, some more in there for me.
1: So, I have an idea. If you want, uh, you know, you can, co- you can come back with us at the open. Mitch and I are going to hang. You can come back with us we could do more ticker time with the open if you want. Uh, no,
2: no, no. I like that. That's that's when I, that's, that's when the tape, that's when things matter is at the open, you know. Okay. So, okay. That's All right. I'm going to I'm going to hop Great job today, Triple D. People. Well, you guys, too. Is this great. No, it's here. fun because I, chat I saw was that awesome question. Good Chat's awesome, yeah. most of you. I haven't picked on the chat in a while. Uh, oh, my gosh. Look at all these tickers. Give me some time, folks, because it takes me a while to look at these tickers. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the charts. I'm going to let you go. Spencer, well, well you
1: Joel, this I'm going to bring on Peter Tuchman, a.k.a. the Einstein of Wall Street. Peter, live from the balcony of the New York Stock Exchange. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. How are we doing today?
4: We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Kind of a fascinating day so far. Rarely have we seen lately where you kind of come into the market and it's kind of flat. I think the Bears and the Bulls are both regrouping in their own section of the stadium here, so I'm not really sure the directionality is yet. What do you think, Spence?
1: I I, I wanted to ask you, what's the, what's the mood out there? You know, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you.
4: You know what? I think the price action over the last couple of days, you know, individual stocks obviously – have been tossed around by the um, by the earnings, right? We've talked about it before on this show, and I know you have with David Green, where we're big believers in letting the earnings come out, that the trade is really sort of super crowded. So rather than try and predict what's going to happen into the uh, release, better let the earnings come out and then play the price action after that. Now that we're sort of three quarters through this, this little period of earnings right now. And I think we're seeing, you know, we're seeing whether it's rotation, we're obviously seeing what I I thought of on the way to work this morning, which I think is kind of fascinating, how that they are starting to talk about the fact that people are like coming out of tech to get into crypto and that there's sort of this big part of the investment community that are actually sort of rotating out of one whole sector to get into another, you know, on a short term basis. Like, are people really doing that? I'm, 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 I'm kind of baffled by that, that, that thought.
1: Well, you can't deny that growth is out of favor and value is in favor. And I mean, you can just look at the Dow versus the S&P or the Dow versus the NASDAQ to see that. Um, What, what do you make of that rotation? Uh, What, you know, how long do you see this going for or, or, or why, why do you see it being this way?
4: So I think there are obviously a lot of things in play at the moment. Earnings season is one thing. The reopening story is another, and that's an ever-evolving story. And we're also in May. Let's be clear. I know it's kind of baffling. I Suddenly, we all woke up, and it's May. How did that happen? I don't really know. It's been a year and a quarter since the beginning of the pandemic, four months since the beginning of the year. Things are changing. The world is sort of ever-evolving within the volatility, the virus, the vaccine story, and all that. And then we have the the, the seasonal trends of markets. So these are so many different pieces of the puzzle. Sell in May and go away, right? One of the old practices. It hasn't worked for a while. For years, it was like a decree. It's like sell on Rosh Hashanah Hashanah and buy back on Yom
1: Kippur. That stuff doesn't actually work though, right?
4: (laughs) Well, you know, it has historically, yes. Sell in May and go away hasn't worked that much lately. But I think seasonal trends in the market, as we saw April, did sort of follow that trend where it's sort of like churning and it's sort of a murky water that's sort of spinning around. I, I'd love to bring up the story though, this morning about the sec uh, you know, there's a new guy in, there's a new, uh, a new, a, a, a new uh, cowboy in town, Mr. Genser, right. The new yep. announcement of the sec. And this morning, you know, I think he's going up, going up uh, in front of Congress and they're going to start talking about sort of the crossroads of social media and markets pay, for order flow, the whole GameStop story—you know—whether short positions should be uh, should be uh, uh, brought to the public, and uh, and it's kind of curious because I know that you know you got you know there's the GameStop world, there's a new democratization of the trading world. There are the Reddit's and the Wall Street bets guys and whatnot. That's not your audience. Your guys are more educated, in my opinion, and that's what's so great about them. But it is curious. I'm curious to know what your community really thinks of these, of the crossroads of social media meeting Wall Street and how that's, you know, sort of uh, uh, put a fracture in people trading and investing and whatnot.
1: I don't know. I think like we've got a pretty good mix here of people that have been in this game for, for years and people that are relatively new. It, it's really tough to say. There's definitely definitely people watching right now who are like all about like the Reddit stuff. And, and Hey, if, if that works for, if you've made money off of GameStop and AMC, then like great, fantastic. Right. But that kind of stuff does not work for a lot of people. Um, So, and, and I think that's also part of the challenge here is you've got like competing uh, groups. You've got the the group of people that maybe like the, the huge old Dennis who are, who have been around, who have seen multiple cycles, boom bus cycles and it and are always like sort of thinking about that in the back of their minds and you got the people that are just saying, well, this time really is different, though. And I know that's like a stupid cliche, but this time really, I mean, last time, there, you know, there was no such thing as crypto. In the dot-com bubble, Bitcoin didn't exist, right? Dogecoin didn't exist. And you've got these entirely new asset classes now. Plus, you got the Fed doing, you know, printing money. So this time really is different. And, hey, maybe they're right, but I, I, I don't know that. So you've got this competing narrative of, uh, oh, I've seen this before versus, oh, this time really is different. So I don't know the right answer. Uh, what do you make of this earnings season? I, I want to say it's been generally bad not from the company's point of view but from the market's point of view because earnings have been pretty damn good but the reactions have not not been there right okay. so what, what what do you make of that
4: so look i that's what I sort of started the Show off with, and I think it's fascinating to analyze this in so many ways. I think, first of all, there are a number of things that come into play. It's a super crowded trade in so many ways. There's still the guidance, there's still so many unknowns going forward. The guidance going forward is questionable as we see the reopening story uh, uh, unwind. Um, and as I said, we're in sort of a new rule mode here. You know, 20, we, we cannot discount where we just came from. I know we're suddenly here in May 2021. But what's happened over the last year and a quarter with the market, with earnings, with global economies and whatnot, we cannot discount this as being, you know, leaving us really in sort of in the corridor between, you know, door one and door two. I don't know if it's uh, the price is right or it's, um, you know, or the dating game or whatnot, but we're in the corridor of a lot of unknowns going forward. So earnings season, as I described, and I think this is important to note, even relative to this SEC story, I think we need to really see the incorporation of the enthusiasm about markets and education about how to trade. And once again, I'll always defer to technical analysis as the best defense against a volatile market here. The earnings showed us that you cannot... Look, the earnings season is a fascinating thing. There were periods of time where it made sense and it worked and people listened to the analysts and that they would lower or raise expectations relative to what it really looked like. And people were able to trade that, buy the rumors, sell the news. If everyone thought the expectations were good, the stock would would, would announce and it would go higher. Whether it's a super crowded trade, whether there's still a lot of unknowns going forward, as I said, the, it, the moves and the volatility that we've seen over the last year in trading the market per se, and then on top of it in this most recent trade uh, earnings season, as we've seen the last couple, which uh, there's so many moving parts, such a crowded trade, that we're seeing people blow out. Look, let's go back one earnings season to Apple announcing a great earnings season last quarter, and the stock did nothing but go down for three months. Once again, we're seeing that same thing. So is that a super crowded trade? Is that sort of the people aren't believing the story? Or people are still aware that there are more unknowns and knowns in guidance going forward in virtually every industry. And we also know that on a day-to-day basis, whether we're trading the UPS and the transport sector, whether we're trading the airlines on a reopening story, whether we're trading hospitality on people going back out to restaurants, what are we looking for? What does this reopening look like? And that earnings are one thing expectations are another thing price action after the release of earnings is another thing yeah. and then all of this can get thrown out the window if suddenly something comes from india to the united states we get a new outbreak here something's not going right with the vaccine i mean there's so many day-to-day you know we're at the crossroads of so much with social media in the marketplace that everything that a whole earnings story can be dislocated by one tweet by one little note you know what i mean one headline can yeah. throw that whole trade off you know what i'm saying this new level of social media meeting markets headlines news the ever evolving vi- uh, virus story can really throw a wrench in in in, yeah. in the learning season
1: yeah and 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 on that note i mean the, the structure of markets ha- ha- has never been you know de- uh, like this before if you're comparing if you're comparing this cycle to the boom bust cycle of the 70s or 60s 70s i mean it's a the, the market is just different it's just a different kind of market now it's never been easier to invest barriers to entry are so much lower thanks to you know every robin hood and all the brokers cutting their commissions to zero right i mean options trading is a main, pretty mainstream thing now it seems like um but to your point about the earnings you're exactly right we get ask about this all the time like like oh why is the stock down it beat Well, yeah, it beat, but what did the stock do into the report, right? Has it already been on a monster run, or has it already crashed into the report? Let's say it it missed and it's going up. Um, And and how high were expectations? I mean – it, it, it there's more to it than just the numbers and 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 even that what's the overall market doing if 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 the market's getting hammered and you report a great report then there's a chance you're going to go down anyway cuz that's just what the market's doing on that day it's not your fault it's just the way things go it's beats don't translate to stocks going up misses don't always translate to stocks going down there's more to the equation than that um and and you're you're exactly right so um i mean we like earning season because it, it's basically game day you think about it like from a sports point of view it's game day you only get four games a year right you only get four four times a year where you can actually find out how is the company how is the business actually doing how are they doing from a business point of view you only at four, four, uh, four games a year so from that point of view it's it's important but it's not always the only thing that 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 dictates the direction of a stock it's what we try to convey on this show um and it's something that it's that it's 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 still you know it, it's hard to digest when you're long a stock that crushed it and it's going down i mean there are a lot of this earnings season is like everybody it seems like except for paypal today but it seems like most stocks again crushing it on their reports down after the fact or go up after the report and then in, in like apple's case and then give it back so You know, I don't
4: know. Look, I I agree with you. And I think it's so important because, look, we're talking about an audience of people who are a lot of which are day trading. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about a level of volatility that's double digit moves. On a moment-to-moment basis. You guys trade the opening with David Green, right? With Wall Street Global Trading Academy. We're seeing these moves that are outrageous, six, seven, eight, nine dollar moves in a stock intraday reversals in stocks when they hit fast in technical spots. That was one of the reasons we saw the market do what it did yesterday with NASDAQ. It got oversold super fast, and then we hit a technical bounce. So you've got moving parts happening here where stocks move so volatile so within this, this price action post-earnings or into uh into earnings season and whatnot that not you have one more piece of the puzzle where they've moved so far so fast on the upside or downside that they hit a technical spot. And that's once again another piece of that puzzle where they're gonna react. So there's just there's no there's there's no playbook for this new mode we're in relative to earnings within the global economy, within the markets the way we are right now. I think yes. it's new rules 2021. I'm going with that story, Spencer.
1: New rules. Same game, new rules. Fly guy says he could listen to this guy all day long. We're not going to make Peter do that, though. Peter Tuckman is the uh, is with Wall Street Global Trading Academy. He's also known as the Einstein of Wall Street. You, you've seen his picture. I'm sure you have on the internet, on social media. His face is everywhere. Coming to us live from the Nicey. Peter, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Head back down to the floor and uh, take do some trades.
4: Thanks, Spencer. There's the floor for everybody to see. There you when go. The world opens up, you guys are going to be my guests to come visit, guys. Hey, if
1: that day ever Five comes.
4: From the floor, Spencer.
1: Your, your, your lips to God's ears, Peter. Thanks a lot.
4: <laughs> Great day, guys. Good luck. Happy. All right.
1: Trip. All right. Guys, that'll be a wrap. Hit the like button. Mitch and I will be back at 11 o'clock Eastern time right here, youtube.com slash Benzinga TV.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.